Okay. Um, again, we're uh, we're into our our um, lesson of uh, prayer, and um, I'm perfectly okay with getting held up on lessons and facts if we're learning, and which I think we have been. And um, so, uh, for Mike and Robin, and for uh, April and Michael who aren't here today, just to try to and Cindy and Miss Cindy, thank you. Um, just getting caught up. Remember the first week we looked at the preeminence of prayer. How ultimately that ought to be one of our uh, main things. That we never get too busy or never get too uh, bogged down to not take time for prayer. And prayer is just honestly, prayer is just simply communicating with God. Um, Nathan and Cameron's been married two months now. Uh, if they quit talking to each other, their marriage is going to suffer. You have to have communication in your uh, in your in your marriage. You got to be on the same page. Uh, that's something that that I'm not the best in the world. To be honest with you. Uh, I, I get busy with things at the church and 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 doing others, and I, I realize that is one of my weak weak points in life is is just simply sometimes just spending quality time with Amanda. Um, uh, but prayer is simply communicating and just as a husband and wife communicate on a daily basis you're on the same page the, the, the lines are open um, that's what prayer should be just simply us communicating with God then we looked last week at the privilege of prayer and how really we do have a high priest Jesus is our high priest um, he knows what we feel he knows our weaknesses remember the word infirmities uh, he's there for us, and uh, above all, um, that's why prayer is so important. Is we need Him uh, on our behalf. Uh, then today we look at um, number three: the the power of prayer. Um, the power of prayer, and I think there's two evident pictures of this point: is is my best friend Brian and Mike Holler. Amen. Um, I mean, no doubt. Let's look what James says. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. And here's the part that really jumps out. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, this is the Old Testament, this is the New Testament spelling of the Old Testament word Elijah. For Elijah was a, a man subject to like passions as we are. He prayed earnestly that it may not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. That's James five fifteen through 18. But uh, there, there are several things in this passage I want us to see. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, um, Faith is very um, very important in our walk with God. Now, faith is what begins our walk with God uh, as far as um, uh, we have to have faith. It's like Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it is impossible to please God. So you got to have faith. And faith, if we did a, a little acronym, it would be forsaking all, I trust Him. Um, not worrying about what others said, not worried about what history teaches or science teaches. Hey, I'm going to forsake it all. I'm going to trust the Lord. He shall save the sick. Well, then you get down to verse number 16, and you see another 
precept, another, another lesson here. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, sometimes in the life of, of a believer, sometimes, I, I reiterate, God can bring sickness to maybe make you examine your life. To say, okay, have I wandered away from the Lord? Have I got off into something I have no business getting into? Because God as a loving parent will correct his child. Because it's the same way as, as me and Austin. I was telling Nathan and Mr. Motley uh, this morning when we were up after our prayer time. You know, I realize Austin's at the age now. He'll be graduating in three months. He'll be starting college this fall. I've done a lot for him. I've done everything I could do for him. But now it's time for him to start learning responsibility and standing on his own two feet. Um, I'm fixing up an old blazer for him, and it's going to be his to drive on a daily basis. His blue truck's just too nice to drive every day. And the white truck is actually mine, and I want to keep the miles off of it. So I fixed up an old blazer, 92 S10 blazer. And when I get back from the muffler shop this week, I've got a window motor to fix. And after that, he gets the keys. It's his. I'm talking about gas, maintenance. When he gets a job this summer, insurance, it's his. Because I, I, I want to teach him responsibility. Because I'm not going to be around forever. Um, so as a child, I love him and I want to teach him. And he's a good kid, but if he got he gets off into doing something he ain't got no business to, I have the responsibility of correcting him so he won't make a mess of things. Well, that's what God does. He loves us, and he doesn't want to see us disobedient to his word. He doesn't want to see us going the way of the world um, and getting in trouble, so he corrects us. Um, we were sitting around talking Wednesday night after church about if you go to Walmart. I know Teresa works at Walmart about all the shenanigans that goes on at Walmart, from theft to abuse. I mean, it's had several people I've recently observed stalking people at night, at, stalking young ladies at night at Walmart. You know, this world is getting dangerous, and why are people so wicked? Because they were never taught right from wrong. Their parents never corrected them. And I, I throw a lot of that on, on, on the parents, okay? But God's not like it. He wants to correct us. So sometimes... When we get away from God or we get outside his, his wheel for our life, he gets our attention. And there's an old saying, y'all have heard me say it, God will bend you, God will break you, and God will bury you if you're his child. Now, if you're not his child, I mean, he don't have the responsibility of, getting, now, if, uh, of correcting you. If you're not his child, he tries to show you his goodness and his love towards you. But God... Um, if we get off into something, um, sometimes sickness may become to make us stop and say, now why, why, maybe God is getting my attention. Um, I think I heard even Teresa's testimony. She got saved at an earlier age but kind of wandered off at some point in her life. We all do, myself included. We all wander off and God gets our attention. Sometimes... Again, I reiterate, sometimes it can't be from sin. So confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. Uh, it doesn't say confess your sins to each other. We don't have to confess our sins and tell everybody what we've done wrong. That's not scriptural. We talked about that last week with the priest. 
we don't have to tell other men our sins. Only God forgives sins. Now, if you've done something wrong to a, uh, another person, you could go and apologize to them and make that right. But confess your faults. I think this is talking about weaknesses, too. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and then, and uh, we were just really having a good heart-to-heart conversation, and he said, you know, and he's another pastor. He said, you know, I, I wish maybe I had a little bit more of your heart towards people. And I said, yeah, well, I wish I had some of your love to read. Brother Joe up in Hillsville. You know, Joe loves to read. And Oh, yeah, he's already read like 10 or 12 books already this year. It's like, okay, I, I don't want that much reading, but I don't, I don't mind some. But, but I, I, I'm, I'm on like the third chapter of my first book this year. Now, Amber would finish that by breakfast. Um, but no, I, can, I, I don't even like to read, period. I want to be out doing and working. But we were just talking about things, and that's, that's one of my weaknesses. So I was telling Joe, hey, you know, I, I could do better with that. And he said, well... I wish I had some more of your heart towards people. And, and so, so we help each other. We, we, we bond with each other. Um, but sometimes uh, sickness can be a result of sin in the life of a believer, but not always. Sometimes sickness comes because it's life. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it, I mean, this whole world is cursed because of sin. And so we're going to get sick just because it's life. It's part of the curse. And these bodies are not made to last forever, no way. But look at the rest of that verse. The effectual, you could write the word effective. In some Bible translations it is. The effective, fervent prayer. Now the word fervent is the same word we get the English word fever from. It's hot. It's passionate. Um, So I guess you could put passionate there. The effective, passionate prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. The word here is old English word availeth much. It accomplishes much. And I still say wholeheartedly, without hesitation, I believe my best friend is still alive today because of prayer. I believe Mike is alive and doing great because of prayer. You know, Mike never got to the point to where he had to be on the ventilator. It was sure looking that way. Uh, Robin will even tell you. I don't know if she's ever told Mike this, but there's a doctor that told her that night um, that he needs to go on the ventilator. And the doctor said, at this point, if he goes on the ventilator, he probably will not make it off. I mean, what a what a turd to use such uh, imagery like that. But thank God, thank God, um, he never had made that. Why? I believe because it was God's people praying for Mike. And so we, we pray that God would heal them. God healed them. And I know Mike and I know Brian. And I know, if nothing else, I know their wives and myself will, will, will praise the Lord and give him the glory for them being here. But sometimes God doesn't heal on this side where he gets some glory. God may heal by taking them home on the other side where he gets all the glory. Um, We could say, Brother James Albert, when they unhooked the ventilator today, wouldn't it be great if he just snapped back and and got better? He he won't because of the brain damage. But even if he were to get better, at some point he's got to get sick and suffer and die again. It's like Lazarus. Jesus healed Lazarus 
But guess what? Lazarus had to die a second time because that's the way our bodies are. It's our soul that lives forever. You know, Mike said he knew the prayer of what got him through. Oh, yeah, he, sure. He, he just prayed the Lord the whole time. Yeah. So, you know, um, and, and I, we spoke to Robin, too, uh, one day. We saw her, and she said it just increased her faith. A hundredfold. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, I see. Something like that will increase your faith. Yes. I, I look at Robin and I look at Jody, which is mm -hmm. Brian's wife. Yeah. And I see both of them Brian. so much spiritually stronger, stronger because mm -hmm. of what they God had done. And um, I mean, they went through like Mike told me that he didn't know that he was like that for five days. No. Didn't know anything, but Robin knew. Mm -hmm. She's the one that went through the pain. Yeah. You know, he didn't know all that stuff. Yeah. But she did, so that's why. Yeah. And God was with Robin, and God was with Jody, and, uh, and, and and everybody can learn so much that's through right. this. Well, my son passing away, it was either me getting losing it all or getting stronger. I, I, I get my faith with God. Sure. Because, you know, it wasn't. Sure. I mean, and, and you don't have a long church history in, in the Baptist denomination anyway. And I said, even then, I said, this will either push Manny away totally or it'll draw him closer. And I'm thankful. And I'm thankful that it's drawing you closer. That's and that's the way life is. The Lord allows things, even though it's bad, ultimately, it can, it can work out for the good. Um, and I look at this. So the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And it's like I said, that, that prayer vigil for Brian that night that we were so earnestly praying. I said, you know, God is not a, Santa, a holy Santa Claus. So many people look at God and say, okay, Lord, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. It's just like um, when I used to take my kids to Toys R Us. Man, you take your kids into Toys R Us. I want this. I mean, literally, you would, you would start around September because their birthday's in September. But then you progress through October, November, and you take it there. Most of the time when you go in there, you kind of make a little bit of a mental note. I want this, 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 I want this. The next time you go, it's in a whole other set of I want this is... But by the, about the fourth or fifth time, you realize there's one thing that they really ask for every time they've been. So then you start picking up, this is probably what they really, really do want. What say, boss? Oh, okay. So, uh, Don's watching him on one side. Okay. That'll work. I just thought I'd give you a heads up. Okay, that'll work. I appreciate it. they said you what you said this morning, so. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Good deal. Thank you, man. Um, I have found that if you look on, getting on the subject, but if you, uh, they don't, up until Christmas, they, if you can buy the thing, they go on something different. You better wait some time. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Because they want something different every time. And then they'll say, well, I didn't get what I asked for. Well, I asked for this. December 23rd, and that, a lot of times they want something different. They're crazy children. They want this, this, that, that. Oh, yeah. They is. But most of the time when your child starts asking for the same thing on every visit, you know, well, okay, they've honed well, in. They the, is, that's they've, a car or a little dog, maybe. Yeah, they've honed in on this. Mm -hmm. So, um, anyway, um, get, getting back to, you know, when we pray, and I remember I shared this at, Brian, at Brian's prayer vigil, sometimes our prayer... We have to be willing to say, okay, God, I'm so serious about this that I'm going to give up something that pleases to the flesh. And that's what we call fasting. Mm -hmm. And fasting, you can give up food, and a lot of people will give up food. 
Um, some people may give up sleep, a certain amount of sleep. You've got to have some sleep. We'll stay up longer to pray and to show God I mean business. Some people give up sweets. If it's a long-term prayer, they'll give up sweets. Some people give up soda. Some people give up social media. Some people give up stuff like that. I guess it's what the world would call Lent, you know, right around Easter. You know, it's Lent. I'm going to give up something in honor of you, God. Uh, Fasting is just showing God, hey, God, I'm serious. And I do know in Brian's case, I do know for Mike's case, um, um, you give up those things to just show God you mean business. Um, And I know several folks, myself and me included, were fasting and praying for them. And so literally uh, we see when we do that, it shows God that we mean business. And so um, God takes us, I'm not going to say he takes us more seriously, but if we're willing to sacrifice, it catches his attention, if that makes sense. Uh, And then he gives us an example. Um, Elias, which is like I said, it's just a New, New, New Testament spelling of the word Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. Um, in other words, he was human. He ticked like us. He hurt. He felt. He was happy. He was sad. He was mad. Just like us. Elijah was a, a, a man just like us, subject to like passions. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So, um, very, very plainly, we see Israel had, had, had was, was, was kind of backsliding in those days because there was a wicked man, uh, um, Ahab, and his wife Jezebel. And literally, uh, Ahab, literally, the prophet of God, prayed that it wouldn't rain. Because if it don't rain, there's going to be no food. It's going to be a drought, and people will seek the Lord. And so after three years and six months, he prayed, and it started raining again, too. God had a message. God used this man. Uh, and what uh, all does talks about was the uh, power of prayer. And then so uh, lastly today, we see the precepts of prayer. Um, the first, I don't know how much time we got. I, I guess I'll have to uh, rush through this a little bit. The precepts of prayer, and there's some things that I have learned over the um, over the years that's helped me with this. First of all, our prayers need to be purposeful, not just passive. We need to pray sincere uh, to get a hold to God, and and some of sincere prayer you see in Proverbs eight seventeen. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me, and. Uh, when we get up and we, we seek God, first thing, it shows him we mean business. Um, Proverbs one twenty four. because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Ye have said it not all my counsel and with none of my proof. So this is talking about the Lord talking to those who, who have ignored him. He said, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me, for they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. This is talking about, I believe, God's response to the wicked. You know, for those who do not believe, I have spoke to you. I have 
called you, you've heard my word, you've seen my miracles, all that, and you do not want to come to me. And then when your life is in, cram- in, in, in shambles and it's crumbling, there's no need to come to me now. You didn't come when you had a chance. Um, so pr- our prayers need to be really purposeful, not passive, just not, circ- not just by chance. We need to be um, sincere about our prayer life. Not only that, we see our prayer life needs to be real, not routine. Um, Matthew 6, 7, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think not that they shall be heard. They think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be ye not like unto them, for your Father knoweth which things ye have need of before you even ask him. So our, in our prayer life, we've got to be careful that our prayer life don't get in a rut where we pray the same prayer for the same things every single day. And then it can just be simply like a, just like a habit. Like your kids, when you first teach your kids uh, uh, to pray, uh, God is great, God is good, now I thank him for our food. You know, it's good, that's a good way to teach your kids when you're younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, y'all hear it every day. Uh, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Those are neat. Mommy, I love daddy, God bless them. Yeah, I mean, okay, that's okay when you're six. You should not be praying the same thing at 16 or 60. And so our, our prayers need to be real. And sometimes, sometimes I, if I'm not careful, I will, I will get preoccupied. And I know even in my own prayer life, I'll start praying for the same things every day. And I'm like, I have gotten in a rut. I need to get out of that <laughs> and just be real and open with God. Prayer, the third thing, is submissive, not selfish. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which is in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We by nature are selfish creatures. It just comes natural. But when we realize that God has that purpose and plan we were talking about earlier, realizing his plan is much better than ours because we can only see the few things in front of us, um, we ought to pray for God's will to be done because God don't make any mistakes. He's perfect in everything. So we need to be submissive to him. Uh, the fourth thing is we need to be filled with faith, not just futility. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the sea of the, uh, that is driven with the wind and tossed. So literally, um, we are filled with our faith. Um, believing, okay, God, I'm going to ask you for this, and I'm going to pray about this, and God, I'm just going to wait on you, and I'm not going to doubt you. Because when you're really sincere and serious with God, and you pour out your heart to him, he's as serious as he is, as, as you are. And so we have to have that faith in him, and Stop doubting. I know it's easy to preach and hard to practice because I'm human too. And sometimes we do doubt. But ultimately understand faith in him. And then the last thing we see is just to be humble and to be honest. Uh, A lot of these verses come from James. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And humility really starts when we see ourselves for who we are just a sinful people and see who God is 
a loving and holy Savior. And so uh, just being honest uh, one with another. And uh, it, goes, it goes a long, long way. Uh, so that's prayer. It should be first of all. It is truly a privilege. There's power in prayer. And then there's some precepts of prayer that we need to read from time to time. Just to keep our prayer life fresh and sincere and not to get bogged down.